welcome to Kumult's Unfiltered Convos podcast. Um, on this next episode, we are going to be diving into meditation and yoga, y'all. So I, I believe in just like, you know, centering yourself, especially during this pandemic. Shit's really crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for my next guest for today. Um, their pronouns are she, hers, and her name is Kiara. Kiara is a certified 200-hour yoga instructor. She's a Reiki healer, Reiki healer? Reiki healer, yes. (laughs) Reiki healer. (laughs) An intuitive life coach. She loves to learn more about those she works with to to gain a better understanding of where they're at physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally to better move through their body, their healing together. She incorporates uh, several tools, including sound healing, aromatherapy, crystals, intuitive guidance, oracle cards, and more to bring you closer to your true plus natural state of connection to source. To schedule a Reiki healer, Reiki life uh, coaching or private yoga session, feel free to browse her site or connect with her via email or on the chat below on her website. So Kiara, welcome to Kumo's Unfiltered Convos podcast. Hi Kumo, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on here. I'm really excited to just, you know, have you share with us so much wisdom and your healing and energy because I just feel like you have that. <laughs> um, so it's really cool to just be connected with you in this next hour as we have this conversation. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing during quarantine slash this global pandemic that we're in. I love the slash in there. No, totally. It's been- It's been an interesting, you know, navigation at this time. I think that, you know, for me, what I've been doing is continuing my teaching, continuing my practice, um, but it's just switched up, you know. I'm now doing a lot of things virtually, holding space virtually, which has been such an interesting and new way to do such. So that's been really cool. Um, it's cool to be able to connect to people, you know, kind of across the country or world or whatever, like being able to still connect with people on the East Coast, have them join in on classes and things like that. It's been really awesome. So it's interesting. It's different, but I'm actually kind of in a strange way enjoying it. And I'm just enjoying seeing how adaptable people are like how quick people are to just be like, all right, but you know, <laughs> the world is upside down a bit right now. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. and We're going to make it work. You know, it's been really cool to, to see that, that like adaptation folks just kind of like switching it up and doing whatever works best for them. So it's been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope. And I did forget to mention y'all that she's actually the founder and the owner of Moonchild Yogi. Um, so that's basically your own business where, you know, you do have clients. Can you tell us a little bit about Moonchild yeah, Yogi? absolutely. So Moonchild Yogi kind of started for me right out of my YTT or yoga teacher training. Um, people are always like, it's funny when it kind of comes full circle for folks when they realize why I call myself in my business Moonchild. I'm a cancer. Let's just, let's just get the astrology stuff off the bat, you know, I'm going to probably talk about it throughout the podcast because I absolutely love it. I'm a Cancer, so each zodiac sign is ruled by a different planet. So us are ruled by the moon, and so I consider myself a moon child. I feel the energy of the moon very strongly, so that's, that's how that was birthed. Then it kind of moved to 
different uh, healing collectives together around the full moon, the full moon and new moon yoga. Um, so that was all birthed, you know, just kind of right out of my, my yoga teacher training. Um, but yeah, moon child yoga is, is great. Well, I do, like I mentioned, yoga, Reiki, and life coaching is all kind of under um, under moon child yoga. That's, that's what's offered. And it just continues to blossom and evolve and also change and adapt, you know, pandemic or not, because it's, it's just like a really cool way that is, um, that's just shifting and changing and moving. So. No, that's dope. And like, it's very weird, to be honest, where, especially living in Arizona, where I find um, Black healers, Black yoga instructors, or just like people who are doing these types of uh, meditations. Um, so it was very exciting for me to actually found you on Instagram last week. Um, shout out to Instagram sometimes. Sometimes I don't <laughs> like Instagram, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, but like there are moments where I'm like, okay, it connects me to people like yourself, you know? And um, I was literally just watching somebody else's story actually trinity miracle she's been a guest on this show and she's the one who um you know created the the soundtrack for the season mm -hmm. so shout out to trinity um but <laughs> i was on trinity's uh story just like watching her story and then i saw you pop up i'm like who is this woman like mm -hmm. let me go ahead and check her out and I literally hit your DMs. I'm like, oh, I love your work and what you're doing. So that's how I got connected to Kiara and Moonchild Yogi. So I just really felt like it was necessary for me to have um, your energy and your presence and just who you are on this platform. Because I, as I mentioned earlier, I am a person who believes in meditation and centering yourself, um, especially just where we're at right now, you know, there's so much anxiety and triggering things. And um, I've really been intentional about meditation. Um, I'm not great at it. Um, so I'm just consistently learning. Um, but yeah, that's just where I've been at. And I'm really happy that you're here with us today. Um, and I did just want to ask you, Kiara, like, tell us a fun fact about yourself that most people don't know about you. Yeah, for sure. I do want to say huge shout out to Trinity and to Twine and Healing Black Phoenix and all the really cool work that they're doing. That's how Trinity and I got connected. Um, actually, through first a, a life coaching session we did together. We didn't know each other. It was a really cool session and able, you know, opportunity to kind of move through some things. And then it kind of filtered into um, Healing Black Phoenix with the Twine organization, uh, which is really dope. So huge shout out to Trinity. I do want to say that. And that's dope that she did your intro music for um, Kumo's and Culture Conversations. That's really cool. But yeah, a fun fact about me, um, I think a lot of people assume I'm from somewhere else or like assume I'm from specifically the East Coast. But I'm actually born and raised in Arizona, born and raised West Phoenix, like Avondale area. So that's kind of a fun <laughs> fact, like a little fact, you know, about myself. Um, a lot of people, especially that follow like the Moonchild Yogi page, they don't realize that I also do um, like Brazilian samba dancing. So I've been doing that. Yeah, I have another page where I kind of share more of my personal life and some of my more personal stuff. Um, so I share a lot more samba stuff on that page. But yeah, my older sister, Nakia, she got me into to samba. 
and it's been a cool journey. It's only been like two years with a pretty huge break with the pandemic that I've been doing it, but it is such a relief and feels so good and is like its own meditation in its own way, just concentrating on your hips and your body and the way it moves or feeling into like the drums and the music and the, the language too uh, while you're moving. So that's another cool fact about me that I feel like a lot of people, at least under like Moonchild Yogi, don't always necessarily know or get to see. Yeah. Oh, wow. I honestly would be interested in taking a lesson <laughs> from you because I'm like, I don't know if you're taking people, but like I'm trying to, you know, figure out ways of how to stay, you know, in shape mm -hmm. and exercise and all this stuff. So like, because I'm just like, oh, I need to kind of start doing something, moving my body. So sometimes I'll just go for a walk or I'll dance in my room. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not the best dancer, but whatever. <laughs> like, I'll have a dance party by myself. Um, and yeah, like just doing that, you know, and I'm like, yo, like, this feels good. Like, I want to do more of this. So I definitely would, if you are taking people, like, I would love to be a client of yours, oh, let me say, if you are. Thank you, Kumo. But let me say, this is a new journey for me. Like, it's it's only been 10, or sorry, two years. My sister's been doing it, like, 10 plus years. And so I'm very new to it. But I always love to plug people. That's another thing, too is I really love to plug people and businesses, especially like POC, Black, you know, women-owned businesses. So if you want lessons or if you want to come to a class, the beginner's classes are really fun. They're on Mondays at 8.15 off of like 7th Avenue mm -hmm. in Indian School. But um, no, my, my friend or, you know, the person that guides them, her name is Andy. And uh yeah, she's the one that would you would go to for like, you know, some Samba info for sure. I'm a I'm a baby at this. This is like a whole new game for me. So yeah, if you're ever interested, Kumo, that would be really cool. Come through to, to one of the classes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll I'll check that out just because I'm like, oh, I need to figure something out. Obviously, that's you know, socially distant yeah. and stuff. So that's like those barriers mm -hmm. as well, you know, like are you they gonna be practicing right. socially distancing? You know, so um, that's something that I'm very cautious about, too. So I definitely would love to check that out. Um, and Kiara, you did mention a little bit about how people think you're from the East Coast. Um, I get the same thing, too. Like people, because I'm not from Arizona either. Like I was born in Africa, Zambia, mm. you know, so but I grew up in various parts of the States. Um, so I grew up in Chicago and then I, you know, in my twenties, like probably for like six months, I lived in San Francisco um, and I've been to New York. So I kind of look like I'm not from here either. And I don't claim that I am yeah. from here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I'm just like, nah, I'm not. <laughs> but you know, I've been here, so it's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, I would be repping that all day. <laughs> all day, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not from here, you know? Um, so for me, my question for you is like, what, like, okay, first, how did you even get to New York? Like, <laughs> when, like, when did you move to New York? Because she lived in New York, and that's freaking amazing. I'm trying to get there. Okay. Um, that's one of my dreams. <laughs> yes. So New York, that... This is like an interesting part of my life that a lot of people don't know about. So of course, 
you know, unfiltered conversations, this is a good place to kind of put that out there because a lot of people don't realize like my story and my journey. And I don't think I talk about it a lot. Like back to astrology very quickly. Mm. I'm a Scorpio rising. So I, it's not that I'm secretive. It's just that I kind of just keep flowing with stuff. And people are like, wait, she's in New York now. You know, what is she? She's back in Phoenix. You know, people, I have people like the last couple of weeks hitting me up and we're like, wait, are you back in New York? You know, <laughs> did you move? What's going on? That's like a part of my life I don't share often. So I'm really happy to hear on your podcast. But yeah, so that transition was interesting. I was working for um, a company for like six years and it was cool. I started working there. I was in college, was maybe like 18, just turned 19 me and a group of um, other young, predominantly POC women, black and brown women, were working for this company and basically just got plugged to like these really cool opportunities. So, um, you know, we kind of learned the game of the, the almost corporate, you know, franchise world that it was and just kind of moved our way up. So we became managers or supervisors. Me, I became uh, what's called like a regional trainer. And so I would go from Phoenix to like Ohio or Indiana or New York, New Jersey, West Virginia, like the most random places, Florida, wherever. And I would go and, you know, in these different regions, I would train people um, basically how to do their job or how like the company kind of worked and whatnot. So that was dope to be able to travel and do that. But most of the time we would travel to New York or New Jersey. And so I was there so often. I spent so much time there doing the training. Sometimes weeks at a time I would be there. And eventually um, I was training a store, uh, training like a staff at a store and they needed a manager. So it just kind of worked out. They were like, well, if you move here, we'll kind of take care of stuff, get you set up and, you know, move to New York. And I did. And mind you, I had like a little break at one point where I wasn't traveling for maybe like five, six months. And in that time is when I did my yoga teacher training. <laughs> so that was like divine, divine time. Did my YCT program at Sweeha with Laura McKenzie. Shout out to Laura. Her page is amazing, full of beautiful, incredible information, especially for yoga teachers. Anyway, so did my yoga training. And then, you know, maybe like a year or so later, I moved to New York. Yeah, it was actually a year later I moved to New York and as soon as I got there, you know how that city is, Kumo. It's so vibrant and there's just so much life and so much to do. So I was there working my corporate job, but now a different role where I was more grounded into one area, which I loved traveling. So it was like I kind of had this itch to still travel and move around and all this stuff. So I was living kind of like in like a bougie community of uh, like Westchester, like north, north of the city, like north of Yonkers even. And then my soul, my spirit just kind of led me to Brooklyn and I moved to Brooklyn and taught at a couple different studios, like in Queens, a couple in Brooklyn, um, a couple in Westchester while I was there too, but just kind of bounced around, moved around and made it happen. And so it was like, okay, it's time to go home. I miss the heat, I'm tired of the snow, I can't do another winter. <laughs> just made my way back home. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, like, my, for me, when I meet people who, you know, who have lived in New York or live in New York, it does 
because you know I visited New York like twice right like for I think like three years ago I was there like twice and I fell in love with the diversity I fell in love with how there was so many diverse black people like and I'd never seen that in my life I was just like oh my god like these people are freely themselves like there's nobody looking at them like oh like, you know, like you're not the only black person in a certain space or a certain room. And that just really like touched my heart. And I, I just felt at home. I was like, oh my God, this is home. Like, I want to live here, you know what I mean? Like, I want to move here. And that was literally my, um, so like before the pandemic hit, like literally last year, I told myself, I was like, okay, Kumo, you're getting the fuck up out of Arizona and leaving. Cause like, I'm just like, I can't stay here, you know? And yeah. I saved up and everything. And then Corona happened. Oh, so yeah. that like forced me to like have to tap into my savings and, and all this stuff. And it's literally something that I am still grieving that loss, but I know that it is going to happen for me. I don't know how, but I do know that I am going to be in New York. I just don't know how, but it's going to happen. Yes. No, absolutely. Just continue to manifest it, continue to like envision yourself in the city, continue to envision what you want to do there, keep doing like the groundwork, the root work while you're here in Arizona to like really plant that seed for you to get there. And you know, it'll happen. I think COVID, this is just my perspective. I think COVID has been really hard and really difficult and really tough, but it's also like a cool time to be like, all right, I, I guess, you know, I got to slow down and take a look, couple steps back before I project forward. But that, you know, projection, that like take off, that'll happen for you when you're ready and when it all aligns is going to be beautiful, you know? It just is, yeah. it's unfortunate that it's happened and it's happened the way it has. But there's, I, I feel it. Like, I don't, I know a lot of people don't, but I, I feel it. There's something really big on the other side of all this. So whether it's like, you know, destruction of, of mindsets or systems or you know things like that that will need to be cleared out the way so that we can have that better path for you know our next steps for our big moves or whatever but it'll it's it's gonna happen it's gonna be big when it does no I agree and and I think it's like like even how you said you feel like there's a there's goodness on the other side of this and I believe that as well you know um and, and I feel like it's like in the midst of us getting there, there's going to be all this, like, it's, it's painful, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and bringing us it back to black people. Like, mm -hmm. I never thought that during a pandemic, we would continue to see black bodies just dying mm -hmm. at an extremely, extremely higher rate, right? Like, obviously, this has been happening. But I don't know, I just feel like with the pandemic, it was just more of an increase of black bodies being killed and it's like consistent trauma yeah. after trauma after trauma after trauma and it's like you're not only just dealing with your own uh you know personal struggles or your own uh, personal experiences but you're also having to literally witness people on the freaking screen who, who look like you mm -hmm. being killed like and and for me like I'm really interested to know, Kiara, for you being, you know, this healer and this intuitive person, what what has that done to you? Like seeing this consistent trauma mm -hmm. of people that look like you being killed. 
Yeah. No, I wanna I wanna just disclaim to not on any sort of like, you know, false positivity shit. Like I don't play that. I do see there is something on the other side, but never ever to disregard the trauma, the hurt, the things that this has done for people. Cause I don't believe in that. I believe that again, as a Scorpio rising, we have to go into the depths of our hurt at and really understand and feel and like you said, grieve to to really allow it to be integrated and then to be through. You know, it's never just like, well, no, there's there's a nice pot of gold on the other side of the rainbow. You know, just just disregard mm-hmm. that. So I I wanted to disclaim that that's never my intent. Um, but for me, it has been extremely difficult. Um, I think that like going back to Trinity and healing Black Venus, I had a really strong call to be like, yo, I gotta reach out to people at this time. I gotta check in with people at this time. I gotta make sure folks are good. I gotta make sure the people that do look like me are good. And so I started reaching out to people just for free services. Like, what do you need? Do you need, you know, do you need yoga? Do you need a coaching session? Do you need somebody to cry on? Do you need me to cook you a meal? What is it that you need? And how can I provide that for you? So my initial very like <laughs> nurturing reaction was like, yo, I got to I got to take care of my people. Let me see how I can do this. And so I just kind of reached into my own depth and my own hurt and my own experience with that trauma to see how I can help others. It doesn't always look like that. I'll say for sure in the summertime, it really looked like that. I was like, no, we got to we have to do something about this. So. I did what I could in my realm and my experience and the things that I do. Um, but for me personally, it has been extremely difficult. You know, I was watching, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Antebellum with Janelle uh, Monet. No, no. No, me and my partner were watching that movie last night and I was like, oh, oh, like just the, the way the sensitivity hit for me was completely different. Um, it's an interesting movie. I'll let, I'll let y'all go look it up, but um, it just, even, I'm talking last night, not even 24 hours, not even 12 hours ago, it just really was hitting me in a different way, like, this very deep part of me, so for me, it's been, it's been difficult to see it, it's been, um, it's been hard to move through, but it's been, like, a call to action to see how can I take what I know and what I do and bring it to the people that need it, you know, oh. kind of what it's looked like for no. me. No, that's so good. And and I feel like every one of us has a part to play in this, you know, like, mm-hmm. we all have a part like, and I always mention this to people in my own personal life, because I'm an activist, like I've been on the grounds, I've, you know, helped organize like, you know, protests and stuff like that. So it's like, I always try to tell people like you don't have to be like me to be part yeah. of this, right? Like, you, yeah. you don't have to, to, you know, to be like Kumo or any other person, but it's like, we all have something that can add to this fight and this movement and we need it. Like we need you, Kiara, because there are times where it's like, oh shit, my anxiety is everywhere. Like I can't, like, I don't even know how to handle this. Like I was actually diagnosed with PTSD like last summer because of this shit, you know? So it's like, it just makes you think like, damn, like how many other people are feeling the same way right and it's like we need healers we need 
um, people who have privilege, resources, every Black person has, you know, some sort of privilege, and we're able to bring those things that we have together in helping the movement, you know, so that's truly my my belief and just like coming together as a collective and being like yo like we're stronger together i truly believe that like we're so powerful together not divided you know absolutely no absolutely i believe that 100 like i said just even having space to to come together and to release or to talk or you're feeling anxious or any of those things just be, having the safe space to do that or having like a closed you know, knit community to be able to share that with is, is really powerful, you know, absolutely. It's been hard. Yeah, it's been very hard, but it is necessary to understand. I I was really pondering on the, uh, the thing you and Trinity had posted of like, you know, looking in the future. So I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. I had asked my grandfather right around Mike Brown. So what, 2015, 16, I had asked my grandfather, you know, what were you doing, you know, during that time? My grandfather is 85 years old. So what were you doing, you know, from the South, mind you, like they live in Alabama to this day. So like, what were y'all doing during these times? How did you put up with, you know, how did you deal with it? How did you process it? How did you move through it? And my grandfather was like, you know, you know, I love my grandfather. I love my family. I love that they've done what they've had to do or what they've known to do. But he said flat out that he just kind of was like, you know what, Kira, it was just a way of life. And it was just kind of a part of how it was, racism, the segregation. That was just what they were, that's what they knew. That's what they were born into, that that's what they understood. And I just was so confused, like, you didn't do anything. That's interesting, you know, just sitting Mm -hmm. with that. But I never really digested or got to the bottom of what were those little things that they did, like, what were the little things that they did to kind of help and protect and to make people feel seen and heard and things of that nature that are so necessary for folks that are putting themselves on the forefront, you know, that are doing the groundwork to move through this movement. And that's something that I had to really sit and meditate on, like, okay, maybe they didn't, weren't protesting or didn't, you know, have anything, this big experience happen that they've shared at least, you know, or that they even want to talk about or maybe process but I'm sure there was something you know what I mean and so for me when uh, I saw you and Trinity post about that like what are my kids going to be asking me that I did during this movement and for me my activism I feel like shows up differently I don't consider myself to be an activist um, but I do consider myself like I said to be a healer and a teacher and a nurturer so how can I use that gift how can I use what you know God, the universe, my surroundings, my family, all of these things have really implanted and instilled in my being to then serve in this movement and in the community and help those that need it. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to ask myself, dang, like, can I be doing more? How can I do more? I have so many friends and people I know that are doing these really beautiful things for the movement. And it's like, how can I contribute? And I'm telling you, during that time where I was reaching out to folks for services or whatever it was that they needed, it was like, it just, it just hit me. I didn't even think twice about it. It was almost like, like an intuitive download, like, boom, this is what you need to do. And this is how it's going to show up for you. So, you know, when I had that conversation with my children or down the line in the future at any point, 
that's how I serve. And that's what I'm able to come back to at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's just giving to others, being in community with others. That is how I show up, you know? It's been interesting. Yeah, no, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And just to give um, the listeners a background. So um, I write sometimes, and sometimes when I write, I just write what I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had written um, just my thoughts last week, literally at like midnight. (laughs) So I just, when I'm up, I just get these thoughts. And what I wrote was, um, I said, I get chills knowing that I am living in history now and that one day my children and their children will read and learn about Black Lives Matter movement and they will ask me, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what Kiara is like reflecting on. And, you know, and this is something that I do think about, like since this movement start, not the movement, like since the the uprisings or um, I think at first I started having these thoughts with Ahmad. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Ahmad had died, I was like, "Hold up! Like something is this is weird." You know, you just start to really like you're like, "Oh shit! Like this is weird. Like I feel weird right now." This person that is that de- is dead. These people that they're killing are young people, right? Like you start to really reflect and assess everything. And I just used to think I was like. Well, well, what, like, I'm living in history, like, I am history, you are history, right? Like, we're celebrating Black History Month this month. And it's like, it's not just a month long, we're literally black people who are alive today. We are black history, period. So it's like, in that moment, for me, I'm like, how, like, what am I gonna, if I get to have kids, you know, God willing, um, if I do have children, like, what am I going to tell them? Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to read about this moment. They're going to read about quarantine. They're going to read about the pandemic. They're going to read about the insurrections that happened. Like, they're going to learn about that. And it's like, the fact that we are here now, the fact that I am talking to you right now, Kiara, and we're having this conversation, like, that really does, like, blow my mind. Like, it gives me chills because it's like, wow, like, we, this is documenting history right now like it's crazy yeah and just even this work that you're doing on the podcast is so important to be able to like you said document and to have this recorded and to be able to go back and listen to it and to share it and to process it on your own time and digest it is is it's important it's vital to remember and to understand what we're moving through you know because history continues to repeat mm-hmm. itself and it's it's interesting and really cool to just be able to look back and say, okay, that this is this is how it was feeling for me. Here's maybe how it's showing up this time, or you know, whatever. So the work that you're doing as an activist, the work that you're doing on this podcast is so important, so important. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. And um, I think you touched a little bit on this and how you got involved with being a yoga uh, instructor and a healer. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you always know? Like, did you just have this moment where you're like, I'm going to do this? (laughs) Yeah, I just, I definitely did not always know. Definitely didn't. Um, But like I said, I've always kind of moved with the waves and the ebbs and flows and changes. So this was one that kind of came through to my life and it's been the one that has stuck and has felt the most consistent and the most, you know, nurturing and grounding for me that I can see 
be continuing, you know, for the rest of my life. So when I got into yoga, it was interesting. My mom is actually who got me into yoga. Um, so we started practicing at this hot yoga studio. And we have this really, really cool teacher. Her name was Dawn. Dawn was a trip. Like she just had so much personality and so much vibrance. And um, she was just really herself. Like she could give a fuck about anybody in the class. It was like her authenticity and like her true nature just really, I don't know, just shined and like was embedded in her space and was embedded in the way that she showed up for healing. And she just very charismatic being, but she actually passed from a, a brain aneurysm and my mom and I were devastated. Like it was really, really, my mom especially, it really shifted a lot of things and put a lot of things into perspective for us. So. That was like 10 years ago, maybe 10 plus years ago. And I didn't think about yoga much after that. Um, and then, like I mentioned, I had that break from work and it just, it just hit me. It just, same thing kind of felt like a download, like, wow, okay, boom, here's what you're going to go do. And I went and, and did it. And it's been, like I said, it's just been a really cool journey. It's continued to kind of ebb and flow into this, this whole thing. And it just keeps evolving. It's like, yeah, it's just cool to witness and to see it continue to grow and, and to flourish. So yeah, that's how I got into it. Wow. Mm-hmm. First, I just want to say sorry about the loss that you um, experienced. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was an interesting time. You know, it just was one of those experiences that put things into perspective for, for both my mom and I. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and then, like, um, so, so with you starting and doing yoga and healing, what would you say are some, like, misconceptions that people have about, you know, yoga, being a healer, and meditation? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of misconceptions around it. There's a lot of misconceptions about a lot of the things that I learned and that interest me. But um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that people have, especially about meditation, is that your meditation has to look one way. Seated, legs crossed, spine long, sitting up tall, breathing, mind is clear. You know, like one set visual, that's what meditation is. That's what it's going to be, period, you know. But really, meditation can look like so many different things. For me, meditation can be dance. You know, I could be dancing and that movement can be, uh, you know, a movement meditation for me. Cooking can be a meditation. If I just bring my focus and my awareness, I'm chopping some potatoes or some cilantro or something like that, and I'm putting my energy, my focus, my awareness to that, that can be a meditation for me. Um, you know, singing or chanting or using your voice, using your throat chakra, that could be a meditation for folks. Like, there's not just one way that people meditate. Guided meditations, you know, there's there's so many different ways that it can look, and and same thing, it's going to change, it's going to shift. To people all the time. So like, for me, I'd love to just sit in like silent meditation. But right now, for me, it looks like going on to Insight Timer and using a guided meditation or YouTube and finding a nice guided meditation or having something playing for me um, to kind of come into that state of, you know, of like inner awareness. And sometimes it's like, I need to have a conversation with myself and I'm going to do that while I'm in meditate, while I'm sitting, you know, in a meditation. It, it can look like so many different ways. There's never one set way. 
And so I think that's the misconception a lot of people have is that, you know, meditation is hard. It's difficult because it has to look like this one way, but it doesn't, you know, just like writing or singing or dancing or doing your job, anything, you know, you're going to have your own pattern and your own unique path and way to do it. And you just have to discover that for yourself. That's the thing. You have to take the time to understand what that looks like for you before you do it or while you're doing it or as you're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I, and I love that you said like there's many, it's like there's not one way of doing meditation because when I first started meditating, I'm not going to lie, like I was like, oh my God, it's hard. It's like you got to be focused. <laughs> you can't think all these thoughts <laughs> and then it's yeah. like and then I started like really doing my research on it you know and I'm a, a spiritual person like I do believe in a higher power like I believe that there's God and Jesus like that's something that I believe in and, and that we have angels all around us like and our ancestors like I I strongly believe in all of those things you know and um I feel like for so long And I come from like a Christian background, right? Like I worked for a church, taught kids and everything. And um, I think it's very interesting to come from that background where, you know, in the Christian community, it was like yoga was like looked down upon. So I had to unlearn that that wasn't bad, right? Like I had to learn like, oh, okay, so yoga is actually good. And meditation is also good because even when I am praying or, you know, having my quiet time, like, you know, we would call it quiet time or whatever. Like that's when I was like, yo, that's part of meditation too. (laughs) Like, you know, and it's like, there's so many different levels to it. And approaching it like for me I know that I used to approach it with all these like negative conditions that I was taught um so I've been doing a lot of unlearning and like reprogramming my mind and just being like no like actually you know I do believe that you the universe um God like is in everything is in meditation is in these conversations like I strongly believe that you know yeah no, absolutely. I think it's really beautiful for those worlds to kind of merge and come together, you know, in whatever ways that they can. Um, my partner, he's very much um, Christian, you know, like he's an artist, a, a music artist, but he talks a lot about God and praying, how that is kind of a form of meditation, and a, a form of connection for him. But it's, it's all one and the same to me, you know, like, sitting in silence to hear God, you know, um, reading even scripture or chanting, you know, or just ways to like connect and like have these words or these symbols or these things that help you connect better to a higher source. You really look at it and you really take some time to yeah, do that unlearning or that unpacking. You see that it's all very much one and the same. It's kind of wild, like how closely interconnected they are. And that's a lot of work that I'm doing for myself right now, too, especially having um, my partner who is, you know, very much Christian and and very, like, involved with church and praying and things of that nature. I recently had a really cool experience. Um, His family, they were doing devotionals, like, you know, reading different devotionals daily and sitting with them and stuff. And I did one. And... That was like one of the deepest, almost like meditative states I've been in in a while was like reading that. And 
digesting that and sitting with that and just really listening and asking, you know, God, asking the universe, asking my angels, my ancestors to create a clear channel for us to communicate. It was it was really enlightening and really powerful. Yeah, it all it all looks the same. it's all very much the same. It all looks the same. It's just a matter of what you are willing to see. Mm. You know, after this podcast, I was actually um, gonna check out this Sikh temple. We were going for a walk this morning. Uh, we just moved into like a new neighborhood, a new community. And yeah, this morning I'm I passed by the Sikh temple. They were very sweet people. And I'm after the podcast, gonna go back for service. <laughs> so it just it all looks the same. Next week I'll be at a Baptist, you know, Christian church, or the next Sunday or whatever day I might be at a Vipassana meditation. It all it all kind of looks one and the same for me. And I have you know, I've created an open mind and open understanding for all of it to really enter my heart and to enter my spirit and my being so that I can embrace it all at once, if that makes no, sense. No, I, I, it does make sense because it, it's like, even how you said having an open mind, you know, because even like with, for me, I feel like how God or, you know, the universe talks to me is through like music it can be through picture, mm-hmm. right? Like pictures or writings or, you know, even like you, how you connected me to the, um, what's it? Uh, the pro, the hustle pro podcast. Yeah. Pro, Cause like, yeah. I literally was trying to find like black women who are in that space, who are doing podcasting so I could learn. And you randomly were like, Hey, I feel like I should send you this. And it was literally <laughs> on point. <laughs> so so like it'll be moments yeah. like that where I'm just like that to me is like also part of like my meditation and me connecting to this higher power, connecting to the things that I feel like my soul is needing, you know. So it's it's like being open minded to how it happens because it's not going to happen in one way, and it doesn't look the same. Right, absolutely. <laughs> It's never going to look, you know, it'll look the same and it'll not look the same. All of those things. It's like, and we change, like people are ever evolving, you know, even looking at the pandemic and how I talked about in the beginning, we've all kind of learned to adapt in ways and we continue to adapt and, and evolve, you know, so maybe church resonates with you now, maybe something else resonates with you later. But at the end of the day, that love and that devotion that you're sending is is for me kind of going to one place or to, towards one intention. I know a lot of people feel or think otherwise. That's up to them. You know what I mean? That's that's for them to to learn or to develop or to understand. But, you know, when it's all all beautiful at the end of the day. No, oh, I love that. Yeah. And then um, Kiara, you did mention a little bit about astrology. Um, I'm kind of like trying to learn about that. <laughs> you just want to share with us a little bit about astrology and what that looks like. Oh girl, we should have started with that. I could have, I could have went a full hour talking. About, <laughs> I could have done a whole hour talking about astrology. Yeah. So, uh, where do I begin? My, that's astrology is really like one of my biggest like loves and passions for real. Um, astrology is just the study and the nature of the stars and the planets and uh, how they move and also evolve and kind of like change and shift and how that energy affects everybody that surrounds us and most importantly you know if you're connected to it or if you feel connected or drawn to it and you study it 
you start to realize how these different shifts or these different times kind of change for you. Um, so it's just a study again of of that connection and of that, um, you know, the things that are, are bigger than us. Like there's no way to think that, let's take the sun for instance, you know, if the sun wasn't here, if the sun wasn't present, you would you would definitely want to know why, because there's gonna be a problem, you know? So understanding how the sun moves, where the sun moves, how that affects us, our human nature is, is a beautiful study to me. Same with the moon. The moon being my ruling luminary. Um, the moon changes signs every two and a half days. So every day it's in a new sign, it's within a new energy. And me being so connected to the moon and studying the changes of the moon, I feel those different shifts. I feel those different changes you know, every other day, every couple of days when it changes. Um, so just knowing and understanding how that affects us, you know, the full moon, how it affects the tides and the ocean, like it is directly correlated to us here on earth. And it's just funny to me, you know, to think, to think otherwise that it wouldn't is, is, is kind of wild to me, you know, but it's just a matter of how open you allow yourself to be to, to what is, mm. you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. I'm like trying to keep it on the lighter side because that's that's a rabbit hole right there for me. <laughs> and I I realized too, Kumo. I never asked you what your sign was, which is oh shocking. no, you're good. <laughs> um, oh, I guess mine's a Taurus. I don't know. Ah, I don't know if that's okay. when is it? <laughs> yeah, when is it um, May twelfth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. yeah. So I'm like a Taurus. That's energy beautiful. I guess yeah. I'm still learning do you, do you resonate with yes I do like I've um because okay. I at first I was like let me let me learn about this you know and and then like also again coming from the Christian background where that that was like looked down upon yeah. um so I was like let me read if this really does resonate with my personality <laughs> And it does. Like there be times where I'm like, yo, that's really me. Like, you know, so <laughs> I'm a little stubborn sometimes. And, you know, and I'm very loyal. Like Tauruses are really loyal. Like they're loyal people. Um, and I guess we're like empaths too. So yeah, I've really been studying my sign. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love when, when people just start to pick up on little little things like, wow, this actually does really resonate mm -hmm. with me. You know? It's cool because even if you were to say, I'm a Taurus and I don't resonate with it, what's beautiful about learning and studying astrology is that you're never just one side, right? You're never just a Taurus. I'm never just a Cancer. You have literally every planet was in a different time mm -hmm. when you were born. And so that energy, literally the energy of all 12 signs is within wow. physical being. Um, it's just a matter of how strong or how potent or to what degrees is what we say in astrology, what degree you have that planet or that sign in, um, then kind of determines how much you resonate with it. So like, you know, if you're like, oh, I don't really like Pisces, like Pisces don't really, I don't really, you know, feel whatever it is towards their energy. You have Pisces somewhere in your chart. And so whatever you're seeing or whatever it is that you don't like probably has something, you know, it's a mirror for something in yourself that you don't like or something in your mirror that you're supposed to work on in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a beautiful study and it's a really cool way to learn more about yourself and learn more, more about others and just kind of how it's affecting, you know, the planet, the collective. No, that's really dope. Like, I didn't know that I have like 12 of those within me. Like, that's, that's pretty dope. <laughs> I learned something new. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we have another combo, I'll I'll teach you a couple other things because there's there's a lot to it. <laughs> yeah, one of my it. best friends, she's like really into it. She'll be like, it's retro, retro. I don't know what what is it, retro retrograde. Yeah, retrograde, and I'm like, okay, yeah. what what is that? And she's she like tries to explain it to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm trying to understand. <laughs> yeah. No, Mercury, so a lot of planets go retrograde, but the biggest one that a lot of people talk about, which is actually happening right now too, is Mercury going retrograde. And so Mercury retrograde is, or any planet retrograde is just really, um, the planet from our perspective on Earth appears to be moving in one direction, let's say just for visual sake, because you can't see the little ball I'm making with my hand right now. <laughs> Let's say that that planet is, uh, <laughs> let's say that that planet is, you know, turning on its axis to the right. And then all of a sudden, from Earth's perspective, the planet stops and starts to shift and move to the left. So when that happens, when it's changing directions that it's moving, that's what we call mm -hmm. retrograde. So that energy, because it's going backwards, is a really cool time to be more reflective and a really cool time to, um, you know, kind of sit with the energies of that planet more. So Mercury being like communication, uh, technology, transportation. It's a time just to be mindful of if those things are delayed or changed because you know it's like the planet's moving backwards. But it's also a cool time to reflect like, okay, how do I communicate? How am I processing my, my thinking or my intellect? Or how am I moving around and navigating mm -hmm. the world, you know? So it's just a, it's a reflective time, which can be hard for people. So that's part of why it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Mercury. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, thanks for explaining it. That, that make, helps me understand. Because I'm like, hmm, maybe I am experiencing. And I am then, because I literally had a reflection this week where I was just like, like I started crying. <laughs> I'm like, you know, yeah. like things just like trigger you and stuff. And I was like, okay now let that you explain what you just explained it does make sense like a process of just like reflecting it's a whole thing so imagine that and imagine how mercury is then communicating with the sun or communicating with another planet and how that might affect you and how that affects your sign and this and that there's a lot to it it is a science <laughs> for real and I love astrology, but I'm barely scratching the surface. Trust me, there's a lot. Wow, that's good to know because it's like I I'm still trying to figure it out. So that makes me feel good that you're still learning. So <laughs> thank you for that. Yes. Um, and then I do want to ask you, Kiara, as a black woman navigating the space of meditation and yoga, uh, what would you say is one of the hardest challenges you face being in the in white dominated spaces? Because there's not a lot of black and brown people uh, doing this work. Uh, so what would you say are some challenges that you've faced? Yeah, I think it's interesting to to consider yoga a white-dominated space because I really, I don't. Like, yes, 
you know, you see your Lululemons and your studios that are that are pretty much, and I've practiced and do practice at some of these spaces at times that are, there's a lot more white folks there practicing, but the field itself, the practice itself, the culture itself, doesn't, it's never felt like a white thing to me whatsoever. It might be more of what we see, you know, in Western society and Western cultures that we see it more as like this white practice or a lot more white folks that are doing it and guiding it and working their way up to, you know, whatever, whatever place of status or whatever that it is that they kind of cultivate for themselves. But realistically, yoga is very much a Black, you know, POC practice in my mind. And I think that having that mindset is what keeps me grounded in that practice. So when I do enter a white space and they're practicing yoga or they're guiding me through yoga, I date it back to like, okay, this is closer to my roots and my people and my, you know, ancestors than it is for maybe someone else. And it's, it's cool to witness other folks enjoying that practice, but there still has to be a sense of honor and a sense of, you know, understanding where it comes from, how it's developed, and how much it's changed. So when you think back at the root of what yoga is, it has nothing to do with white people. <laughs> and I, I just keep that in mind as I practice. So it's never, I, I don't know if I could say never, but I've not really allowed it to ever be that much of a challenge for me. Because at the end of the day, it's, like I said, it's an Indian practice. It's an ancient practice. It's evolved and developed and changed so much just like astrology is you know and so for me it's it's just how I look at it it's how I it's perceived it's how I decide to you know understand it and practice it and I've had really beautiful conversations with folks from India I'm hoping to have some more today when I go to the Sikh temple those are some of my (laughs) most enlightening conversations I promise you um but I love to have these, it's funny because I actually was going to go to um, a yoga class today that is like predominantly white. And I was like, you know what, Sikh temple, let's, let's, let's have that kind of Sunday for me today. <laughs> but nah, it's, it's really, um, it's not a white practice. And I think when I keep that in mind, even if I'm seeing otherwise, um, that keeps me very grounded and it keeps me very humble and it keeps me also very quick to humble somebody else if they think otherwise or you know think it has anything to do with them directly because it it really doesn't and like I said I've had really beautiful conversations and like I said I am the plug so I I like to plug other (laughs) folks that are doing beautiful work I do want to plug um I have a friend Tehal who has a podcast called called um called Yoga is Zen podcast. And she talks about the appropriation of yoga. She talks about how much it has changed and, you know, turned into this practice that a lot of people do consider to be white or consider, you know, maybe that they're not comfortable being within that practice because of that as a misconception. There's also a really beautiful person that um, practices and talks a lot about this named Susanna. Um, I think it's Barkataki is the last name. And Susanna really talks about the roots of yoga, like the, the foundations of yoga. And when you keep that stuff in your mind and you keep that 
grounded in yourself in your practice, you create a sense of honor for the practice that is different, that is outside of yourself. When you have those conversations with folks who, you know, that is that is their familial line and their practice, it keeps you humbled and grounded and gives you this deeper sense of appreciation to be able to even do the practice, to be able to even offer this teaching and this exchange. And I, that is very important work for me and uh, something that I, again, just continue to evolve and continue to understand. Yeah, thank you for that. And could you send me those um, and I can attach it to this episode so our listeners can find those two uh, references that you mentioned? Absolutely. I'm going to send you, I have her page pulled up now because I wanted to confirm, but Susanna's profile, I'll send them to you on Instagram. Okay, perfect. Um, and then my other question for you um, is how do you take care of yourself while pouring on pouring out onto others and you know doing the work that you do so how do you come back to taking care of Kiara yeah that is something that I struggle to do <laughs> like if I'm being completely transparent and completely unfiltered you know that is something that I have a hard time doing um, I get this fuel and this fire and this drive to do for others so much and trust me there do come times where I feel a little more depleted I feel like I have to return back to my center and take some time for myself and folks know when those times come because I just kind of retreat and go into my little you know cancer crab shell when I need to but that's something that I'm really working on trying to create a balance with Um, and it's not easy for me I feel like I can give and give and give and give and then it takes a while before I realize, like, wow, your cup is a, it's a little low, you know? And so I have to remember that with teaching, with offering Reiki, with offering life coaching, it's all an exchange, you know, of energy. And that I have to be able to provide that same um, exchange or that same energy, bringing that back into myself. So, like, doing Reiki on myself, you know, in the mornings, um, creating, like, you know, sounds kind of corny, but honestly, like routines where I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this for myself, or I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and sit and just have my tea and just do this one thing for this moment. Or sometimes it looks like cooking or dancing or having my own practice. I take certain times and do certain things that are for me, but it's, it's been a, it's been a journey with really developing that and strengthening that because that is not easy for me. I'm being fully honest, you know? Yeah, thank you for being honest. Um, and that's why we love, we have this uh, podcast, you know, it's unfiltered. So thank you for being honest because it's like, for me, I have this idea of, you know, healers and, and yoga instructors and people, you know, practice meditation. Like they're just, you know, like they don't feel like, oh, sometimes I got to take care of myself, you know? So that's why I asked that question because like, it's important for us to know too, like, that y'all are taking care of yourselves as well. And, you know, being, being, um, I guess, like doing the necessary steps and pouring back into yourself. And um, it's like, I even wonder sometimes, like, do you have like this space where you can go to other yogis and you just like take deep breaths, like, ah, like, does that happen for you as well sometimes? Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I have a few other yogis or, just folks that I like to sit in conversation with and just kind of process and, and digest again. 
to plug once again. Um, I had a really beautiful conversation with a good friend. Uh, her name is Ashley. She goes by, I think, Hash Burns on uh, Instagram. She has a beautiful yoga practice and offers yoga uh, live on Instagram on Sundays. But just being able to have conversations and to, to digest and, you know, to be able to have community and collective spaces where we can share and do that is, is important. And so I would say, yes, I have that at times, maybe not as often as I would like, because um, I have been feeling a lot more retreated lately, like more to myself. Like if I'm going to have a practice of, you know, coming back to myself, it's going to be more myself, which was not like two years ago, you wouldn't have heard those words come out of my mouth in that fashion. Because again, I love being around people and doing for others and, you know, healing and exchanging and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I have that. But for me, it really looks like, um, yeah, just taking that, taking time to myself and just being, um, for me, is really important. It's really, really important. So that's more of what it looks like um, than anything else. But I do like to do, like, trades and exchanges with other healers, like, I think massage and body work are extremely important to me. Um, so I do like to do trades with, um, I have another plug. I'm, I'm, this is just me. I love putting people on, but um, yeah. So someone named Bree has systematic healing arts and um, we'll do trades, you know, here and there for each other, Reiki and massage or, you know, yoga for this. And I, I love that like barter that type of system, that type of exchange, because it creates a lot more love within what we're doing for one another. So yeah, I received that in, in those ways, but a lot of it is more for myself, you know, like when I'm able to take time for myself, I, I try to take, you know, more appreciation for those moments, if anything. Oh, that's dope. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then I love to ask my guests this question, uh, well, before we wrap up. Um, how do you want people to remember you? Mm. How to take a deep breath into that one. I think I want people to remember me kind of with what I've mentioned so far is um, my ability to nurture. I really, really pride myself on, on taking care of others. It's it's interesting, but I, I really do. And so I think that um, having that ability and doing that for people and showing that, you know, as my love language to folks is, um, is how I want people to remember me. I want them to remember me for, you know, how I was able to serve, how I was able to give. Um, and I, I do think I do that very selflessly. Um, and I, I want to continue to strengthen that. And I want to continue to develop that. And I would love to be remembered in that way. That's so beautiful. Thank you for that. Yes. And I've honestly, just like, you know, getting connected to you and talking to you, I do feel like you're nurturing, you know, like you're very open and, and welcoming. Um, so I felt that like love from you and just like selflessness um and you you really do put people on and I love people like that because I feel like we need more people like that that are like oh I know this like it'll help you you know what I mean because that's how we all grow together so <laughs> I just really love that about you so thank you for that um 
And I know you're going to guide us into a guided meditation. I'm really excited about this part. Um, (laughs) Before we end. So um, she's going to be guiding us into a meditation. um, And wherever you're at, again, remember, it doesn't have to be perfect or certain whatever. Like, just do you at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, just kind of allow yourself to be and... um, Yeah, let's have everybody go ahead. If you're at home or in a safe space where you can lay and be comfortable or sit upright and be comfortable, do not do this if you're driving. Just as advisement, a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're driving. So try your best not to follow this meditation or get too, you know, drowsy or anything while you're driving. So coming into that comfortable space, Coming into a comfortable seat, if you'd like, you can place a pillow or a blanket underneath your hips for support, or you can lie back completely, just resting, allowing yourself to settle in. And once you get there, give yourself space, give yourself permission just to be. Begin to gently tune into the rhythm of your breath. Just noticing and observing the qualities of each inhale and each exhale. Maybe creating a little more space to allow the breath to be. If you'd like, at this time, you can adjust the body in any way that you see or feel fit. Once you come into a neutral position, once you feel good where you are, continue to allow yourself space to be. Allowing any thoughts that come to mind to be. Allowing any little sounds or noises that surround you to be. Allowing any sensations within your body just simply to be. And allowing the breath to be. You notice that your mind begins to wander. 
Begin to reframe your thinking of your thoughts. And just allowing for each thought to come and go. Creating a little distance between them. And not attaching yourself to any one thought. Again, just allowing them to simply be present. And notice as you create this space for them. The more distant they grow, maybe another thought comes in. And just allow that same natural process to happen. Where it comes, you simply be present with it, and then allow it to go, to dissolve. Continue to breathe into your thoughts, deep breaths in and out. and offer them space to go. And just continue this practice with your own breath for a few moments. You can sit with this. Or if you'd like, begin to bring that awareness back into your body. And back into your breath in this present moment. And if you'd like, once again, you can remain Maybe putting a quick pause on the podcast. Or if you're ready, you can simply begin to deepen the breath. And then with your next inhale, very softly 
very mindfully. Flutter the eyes back open. Back into your space. Back into this moment. Just try to remain with your breath. And continue to come back to this practice at any time. And just know that this remains in your heart, in your spirit, and in your breath when you're ready. Thank you. Oh, thank you for that. Absolutely. I feel I feel a little better. So thank you. It's like, whew, that was nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh good. You're welcome. Absolutely. Um, anyone listening out there, um, I hope you enjoyed that meditation, guided meditation by the one and only Miss Kiara the founder of Moonchild Yogi. Um, and if you want to connect with her, um, can they reach you on your Instagram? Yes, definitely. So you can find me at Moonchild Yogi with two eyes on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook and email and such are pretty much the same. It just is Moonchild Yogi with <laughs> same with my website yes i will be putting um your connects your social um handles in the description as well so you can connect with her as well that way um and honestly i really hope that we all gain something from this conversation today about meditation yoga um and what that looks like and i hope that if you've ever been wondering, man, like, I can't do this. Like, I don't know how to even start. Um, I just hope that you can connect with Kiara. And I'm sure she would love to answer any questions that you might have about that as well. Um, just because it's part of how we heal um, and figuring out ways on how to heal ourselves. Um, so I'm really grateful that you were able to come on this platform today and literally blesses with your energy and your wisdom and knowledge. Like, I really did learn so much within this conversation um, so thank you for coming onto this platform today, Kiara. 